Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. This is where we live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Catherine Shen. Right now, we're wrapping up the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Ramadan lasts about 29 or 30 days, and it's centered on fasting, prayer, and community. This also culminates with a celebration of Eid al-Fitr tomorrow. The Islamic calendar and each of its holy days are linked to the lunar cycle, which means the ninth month of Ramadan rotates throughout the year, depending on when the new moon falls. Calls to observe Muslim holidays and school calendars are growing in the U.S., along with the population of Muslim students. In 2018, the Pew Research Center projected that Islam could be the country's second largest religion by 2040. The local school board in Stanford recently voted to observe Eid al-Fitr in the upcoming school year after several grade schoolers spoke up. Let's take a listen. If we receive a holiday on Eid, it will mean a lot to me and my entire community. I want to go to eat prayer with all Muslims in early morning and eat food with guests and family. I can say from past experience that I was unable to fully celebrate Eid with my family and friends because I was more worried about completing my assignments for the day. Having the day off doesn't force me to choose between school and celebrating with my family. I... I have to skip school and often explain it to my teachers and classmates about why I was absent and my beliefs. Uh, I say that if you add Eid, it will make it will make it so people would understand our culture and make them understand why we took the day off. I hope that you will include Eid holidays and celebrate with us just like we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for your time. And joining us now to discuss everything that we just mentioned is Dr. Tamu Lucero. She's the superintendent of Stanford Public Schools. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Dr. Lucero. Thank you for having me. And just a reminder for our listeners, if you're celebrating Ramadan or want to share with us what it means to you, please feel free to give us a call, 888-720-9677, or leave us a comment on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. So Dr. Lucero, we just heard from a lovely group of students, and I just have to say I can't imagine being their age and speaking up before a school board and owning what they want. Can you talk about how that process has been like for you, how what your experience has been like hearing these students. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Last spring, um, it was actually a student who um, saw me walking um, and she was with her mother and her mother stopped me and I live here in Stanford and it was after a parade and um, she stopped and said, my daughter wants to come and meet with you. And she set up a meeting and she came and the day before we met, she said, do you meet, mind if I bring some of my friends with me? When we got on a Zoom meeting, there were at least 60 or 70 people on the meeting. But what was best about it is it was all student voice. 
And I mean, that's a huge number. And it sounds like students really led the charge here. So and this is on, this is the only new day off that was added. But there were also notations made to the calendar for Muslim holiday, uh, Eid al-Adhar, as well as Diwali and Three Kings Day. And so these three extra holidays will actually all fall on weekends next year. But can you talk about why it's important to have these notations on these holidays? So we had a very um, robust conversation about this in Stanford. And it went on for several months um, that people got together and really discussed the fact that we have 76 different languages spoken in Stanford public schools. And so we wanted to make sure that as we're revising our new curriculum, that we are ensuring that we are representing all of our families. And the calendar was a perfect place to start to have this conversation. So although it started with just a conversation about a calendar, it grew to so much more because the students brought up things like, if we are going to have a day off, we need to make sure that the next day that there aren't assignments due or tests, because if there are, then we need when we're celebrating our holiday we will then have in the back of our head that we need to get our assignments done also and i know you just mentioned it now and we talked about how the students really led the charge here the stanford advocate also interviewed school board president jackie heffman who spoke about the importance of these notations like you just mentioned and it also helps with educator awareness around these holidays for when students return to school so to ask an obvious question is this a priority right now this is very much has been a priority to us because we do have such a diverse community here in Stanford. We want to make sure that people aren't invisible, that they are seen. And when you don't, if if we're going to have a day of school, which a committee will decide moving forward, because as you noted, several several holi uh, holidays fall on the weekend next year. So it was the perfect year to introduce um, a, a Muslim holiday, but at the same time, have a discussion about many holidays and how we should celebrate them here in Stanford. And this is especially true when these holidays are not even built into the calendar. And one example that we thought of is if a student brings in, you know, birthday cupcakes or snacks during Ramadan, Muslim students, it will be really tough for them, especially if their students or friends aren't informed or don't understand what's going on. Is this an experience that you've encountered? And I'm thinking that with with the notations and with the conversations happening, it'll be very helpful for that process of understanding. So what I didn't share with you is that when those 60 or 70 families came, they weren't all Muslim families. There were allies, people who wanted to help us understand that in a diverse community like Stanford, we need to be aware of um, op, um, different religions and um, people do fast. And if you're fasting, then if my best friend or my good friend has to fast, I certainly don't want to eat a cupcake in front of them. But knowledge is power, right? And so unless you're aware of that, you may do that and hurt someone um, without knowing it. So we spoke a little bit late, uh, earlier about how having these younger students come in and, and sort of own what they want and speak up about something that they're passionate about is really powerful. Are there moments in, in that particular meeting you mentioned or just even beyond that really jumped out to you? 
So you heard them speak and we did and they're it, amazing. Touches, it touches your heart, right? Because everyone wants to feel included. No one wants to be invisible. And when someone says to you that we want to understand each other's cultures, that to me was a sign of we're really doing so much more than passing a calendar for a year. We are really changing the Stanford community. And so the fact that our students are calling for this makes it all the more um a great celebration for what our next generation has to offer. And I do want to just point out too, we, you know, we mentioned students and of course we've heard them just now, but some of them were as young as kindergarten age. I just can't imagine having the courage to do that and speak before adults. And and sort of on the flip side, you know, you mentioned that it's important to hear from, from them and what they want. So are there going to be any sort of pro- uh, professional development opportunities for teachers in their works to sort of help with this process? And what has that been like? Yeah, so we think it's really important that um, the calendar sends a message to everyone that we need to be aware um, with all of the holidays that are celebrated um, in Stanford. But the other thing that went along with the calendar were the adoption of new policies that will allow us to set some standards so that people have a clear understanding of what the expectations are in terms of assignments that can be given, tests that can be taken, um, especially if um, a holiday falls on a weekday or if someone's fasting during a particular month. So as we are developing our new curriculum, which is something that we have undertaken here in Stanford, this is a perfect opportunity for us to share this information with our staff and with our students. And so as you're developing curriculum and standards, can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Like what does the new standard look like? So we're looking at um, different content areas and where this information fits best because we want it to be put in in a meaningful way. We talk about that we want our curriculum to be a mirror in a window. We want everyone to be reflected in um, our curriculum, but we also want them to to see out and to see what the world has to offer. And because of those two things, we wanna make sure that the um, text that we're purchasing represents um, our community. So this is such a um, perfect time here in Stanford because all of this is happening at the same time. And were students involved in those standards process or are they getting comments in or what? what is, are they involved at all? So um, we actually are developing an advisory board and students will be a part of that advisory board. And the conversation that we're having right now is do we want to have a separate advisory board that allows students to feel like they have a voice? Um, I don't know that I mentioned that I have a student voice session that I hold every other week, and it gives me an opportunity to hear directly from students. And that model really works because adults aren't there interrupting. They are there listening to our students. And so um, we believe that a similar model as we have an advisory committee so that they clearly understand uh, what curriculum is being adopted and um, really sharing some of the materials, resources, and text that we will have available as part of our new curriculum. 
Well, I do want to ask too, you know, with student involvement and potentially them getting their own space, I mean, they do have voices at the table already, but what has their responses been? Because I think there's always this idea that, oh, adults are not listening, but clearly that does not seem to be the case here. Well, um, in some cases, we are able to listen and follow their guide, but sometimes uh, we may disagree or we see things a different way. And I think we found a way to agree to disagree about things and they respect my role, but I respect their ability to continue to use their voice, whether they agree with me or not agree with me. And so, or the decision that the district decides to go in in the end. And so we have had a few protests here in Stanford led by students um, at the government center because they want to have their voice heard. And I applaud that. That sounds amazing. And just uh, we got a minute left, but I do want to ask, you know, what has the public response been? Supportive, not supportive, or just also part of the process? You know, and um Today, it is difficult to um, always gauge that because sometimes it's the lesser voice that is the loudest. And so we make some assumptions off of that. But I will tell you, for the most part, I think we came to a very cohesive place in terms of holidays and how we're going to move forward and putting together this committee that's going to look at our calendar moving forward. So I think we're in a really good place. And thank you so much for sharing that process. Uh, You've been listening to Dr. Tamu Lucero. She's a superintendent of Stanford Public Schools. Thanks so much for your time today, doctor. Thank you for having me. Coming up next, we're going to have Chaplain Ida Mansour discuss the importance of educator awareness around Muslim holidays and traditions. And if you're celebrating Ramadan or if you want to share what Ramadan means for you, please give us a call, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. ECMO is a leading-edge, life-saving treatment for patients with cardiac or respiratory failure. Dr. Jason Gluck, director of the Mechanical Circulatory Support Program and Emergency Cardiac Care at Hartford Hospital, explains what it is. So ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, outside the body oxygenation of blood. It's a life support technique that's used by highly sophisticated medical systems for patients with severe heart or lung failure. The technique involves removing blood from the body, oxygening it, and then returning it back. ECMO procedures happen in the ICU, but not all hospitals are equipped with the necessary technology and staff. Dr. Gluck describes Hartford Hospital's ECMO Go team. So ECMO is considered when treatments have failed, and in our center, with a special ECMO on the go team, we'll actually take that technology to their hospital and help them out there if they need to to stabilize the patient and then bring them back to heart for recovery. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. 
This is where we live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Catherine Shen. Educator awareness around Muslim traditions can be really, really important, especially in school districts where holy days aren't written into the calendar. For example, teachers may not be aware that their Muslim students are fasting during the holy month of Ramadan, which is wrapping up now. And here to discuss the importance of that educator awareness where we live is Chaplain Ida Mansour. She's the director of the field education at Hartford International University, as well as a board member for the Muslim Coalition of Connecticut. Thank you so much for joining us during Ramadan, Chaplain. It's a pleasure to be with you, Catherine. And uh, just a reminder for our listeners, if you're celebrating Ramadan, you can also join the conversation, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. So Chaplain Mansour, you were also listening in the hour. You heard the kids uh, at the top of the hour. What are your thoughts? What went through your mind when you first heard them? Oh, I was so inspired. I mean, um, it's it's so nice to hear that um, this is student-led. Um, and that the superintendent is listening to them. I think it's awesome that she's holding uh, student voice sessions. Um, and I am very hopeful and inspired, I have to say. It was uh, very uplifting to hear those kids talk. And I was just going to say, what a wonderful way of wrapping this celebration as well, I'm thinking. And I do want to ask, now, how do you and your family celebrate Ramadan? What does that look like for you? So it's um, it can be a little intense at times um, because... Um, we fast, of course, during the daytime hours. So from dawn till um, sunset, uh, we fast. And so the day starts for me, it starts at around 3.30 or 4 in the morning uh, where uh, we wake up and we have a small meal. Um, it's important to keep hydrated because uh, we're not allowed to drink uh, water during that time. Um, so and then we have, you know, prayers and uh, we have a, a family gathering and we eat. And then, at, well, today, I mean, yesterday, um, this morning at 4.43, uh, the fast began. Um, and so uh, it's because we go by the, the lunar calendar, the, the the times in the year change. So anyway, so so, so today we, we started the fast at 4.43. We'll end our fast at around 7.37-ish uh, at sunset. Um, and between those times, um, we go to work, we, you know, try to keep a routine going. Um, there are prayers, um, but I'm trying to instill in my kids the the importance of self-care, um, the importance of rest. Um, I might take a little siesta at lunchtime um, because sleep is also very important and something that's really hard. Um, and so we, we break fast at, you know, at sunset with, with dates and water. We have a meal. And then after that meal, we, uh, as a family, uh, go to the mosque uh, for extra prayers. Um, and there's a, a prayer, at, a nighttime prayer called Isha, uh, which is at around nine in the evening. And after that, we have a special extra prayer uh, called Tarawih, where a 30th of the Quran is recited. So it takes some time. And so by the time we get home, it's around 11 in, at night. So, um, and then it starts all over again at 3.30 in the morning. So it, the issue sometimes is to get enough rest and to get enough sleep. But uh, for my family, it's been uh, an awesome time of, you know, sort of community, especially after COVID. You know, COVID was, you know, really tough for many Muslims uh, because we couldn't gather. And um, so this year, um, you know, mosques in Connecticut have been filled um, with people at night, um, you know, up to 11, 12 at night. And these last 10 days, so we're, we're coming to the end of, of Ramadan because the, the moon is, is, is now waning. Um, in these last days, it's very a very, very spiritual time. 
And uh, in many, many uh, Muslims will spend the night um, in the mosques um, with um, intense prayer and uh, remembrance and, um, and uh, reciting of our holy scripture. Well, you are not wrong when you said this was intense. <laughs> but it's also nice to hear that you are getting rest. You know, it's not just intensity, but you also emphasize self-care and rest and sleep. And that's really, I think, lovely for anyone to hear. And I, I do want to ask, you know, among the, you know, the, the traditional traditions, do you have any unique traditions for you and your family that you have when, when you're celebrating Ramadan? So um, at the end of Ramadan, uh, I mean, the fact that we, we go, we, we 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 try to be a, a family going to the mosque together and breaking fast together. Um, at the end of uh, the fast, uh, when we finish, so tomorrow, um, this is what I'm 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 sort of anticipating. Uh, tomorrow is our our, our um, Eid day, our um, our special celebration, and so what we would do uh, for Eid uh, is we would wake up early in the morning, you know, um, bathe, have our wear our best clothes. And then we go to the mosque for a special Eid prayer, uh, and 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 this is what, what some of the kids were mentioning um, in 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 the student voice session where they said, you know, I'd like to go in the morning and 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 pray my, you know, sort of the Eid prayer. Um, it's a time of great celebration. So we have gifts and we greet family and we uh, friends and the children in particular. They visit relatives and friends and 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 you know get sweets and money and other other goodies. Um, but me as, as, as a parent, uh, I try to make this day uh, as fun a day as possible. And so one of the traditions uh, that we've had uh, over the last few years, of course, not through, through COVID, but now we're going to restart it, is that um, we will go after the morning prayer, uh, especially the prayer, to uh, IHOP and, and, and celebrate because now we can eat. Um, and so it's a uh, it's always a fun time uh, for my family, and of course I don't have to cook, so that's a plus. I was going to um, say pancakes are always a good idea, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really interesting when you go there and you you sort of ha you're, you're presented with a stack of pancakes and you think I'm not used to eating this, but that only is for a few minutes. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. you got to get that gratification in, and you know I, I <laughs> yes. feel like um, you know what you describe it's it's so it's so humanizing, right? The celebration and it's something mm -hmm. that you 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 do and you celebrate and. and and um, you mentioned many different kinds of prayers and many different moments of prayers. Can you talk about yeah. how they're always so important, but especially during Ramadan? Yeah, I mean, so Ramadan is a time uh, when we, you know, give thanks to God for revelation. And so it's a time of special, it's a special time for recitation of Quran, um, you know, sort of going through the, you know, each day we we go through a 30th of the Quran uh, at the mosques. And so many of us are who don't speak Arabic uh, will refer to English translations and we'll, we'll try to figure out, you know, which section is going to be recited and try to read the translation beforehand. Uh, so it's, a, it's in that way, it's very intense in terms of trying to keep, you know, sort of uh, in, in, in touch with what's being recited at the day. Um, prayer, I mean, especially the nighttime prayers, those are the extra ones. Uh, we pray, you know, as Muslims, we pray five times each day. The first prayer is at dawn. Then we have one around uh, noontime and then one at, in the afternoon and one at sunset um, and then one at night. So the tarawih is the extra prayer on top of that. And so um, it's very special. I, I, I mean, I was uh, at the mosque last night and it was um, a time when uh, the imam, the leader of the prayer, uh, actually finished. He finished reading the whole of the Quran. And so there was a special uh, celebration 
that, you know, this we, we have actually heard the whole Quran being recited over these 30 days. So it was very special. And the mosques were, you know, filled. I, you know, I saw several on, on, uh, on uh, social media. And it's just a very heartening thing to see people congregate and uh, celebrate together. And we talk about fasting, too. And I think for mm-hmm. many of us, we think fasting, we immediately think about food and, you know, consuming, yes. you know, food and, and all that. But it's mm-hmm. not just food. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I remember when I was a child, when I started fasting, um, my mom would tell me, OK, just just, you know, sort of go for half a day and you can have a glass of milk and then you can continue. It was very, very um gentle uh in its introduction to me and 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 then I, I just i mean that made me just love it even more um my son uh, when he was in kindergarten um started fasting and he didn't have to fast so there are certain time uh, people who don't need to fast the very young the very old those who are ill those who are um you know a nursing or expecting babies um and, and so those people don't have to fast so when uh, my son said he wanted to fast i went into um the school and I told uh, his kindergarten teacher that he didn't need to fast, uh, but I would I would pack a little you know some a, a meal for him and if he wanted to eat he was very welcome to do so but not to force him. And and I have to say that time was uh, he came, every day that lunchbox came back unopened uh, he was able to fast um, right through uh, Ramadan. And he even, you know, he that was the, that was the month month when he actually beat me because I was not well uh, during a few a few days of that month, and so he 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 did the full third uh, twenty nine or thirty days, and I and he beat me, and he was so proud of himself, and he was just five years old, so it's it's very, I mean, it's it's very it's very doable, but it, you have to have the right perception, and you know, be, doing it with family certainly encourages fasting. Not being too strict on on kids is also important. Making it something that's uh, enjoyable. Uh, is also very important and um, and not forcing, you know, sort of I, I, I really feel that, you know, sort of being introduced to fasting so gently was something that was uh, I, I, you know, thank my mother uh, about it to this day um, because it made me love the, uh, the, the festival and the, and, and the month of Ramadan. Well, I, I love the the love that you're describing, and I did not expect competition to be a part of this, but apparently it is with your son. <laughs> <laughs> so good for you. Um, and, you know, you mentioned so much about family and community. Mm. And so what are some of the gatherings that are customary throughout the month, whether for prayer or for party? Right. So there are several breaking of the fast that happen, and uh, different communities will will celebrate. I know the the mayor's office, uh, the Hartford mayor's office, uh, you know, had had a special iftar or breaking of the fast for refugees. Um, there was a breaking fast in the capital, the state capital, um, and we'd fast. You know, sort of. We, we th- this is a time when we can invite friends um, to break the fast, and it's it's just a very community oriented time. Um, and you know, sort of all around the world. If you go on, you know, on Google and you, you sort of sort of Google, you know, Ramadan around the world, you'll see these things happening in London. So I originally come from London, and they had an iftar in the Victoria and Albert Museum, which is like wow, you know, sort of it was there that you know there are all these unique places where people are starting to have iftars. I think this is because we're trying to make up for the, the pandemic when we didn't when we weren't able to do that. But so that's the breaking of the fast, and then prayer, of course, is um, you know all the mosques will have uh, these extra prayers, and um, it's just a time when we'll know we'll see each other. Um, and I and I think you know to, this last night when I was at, at the mosque, there was a little bit of sadness that we had come to the last part of of you know we're coming to the last part of uh, Ramadan, 
and that um, you know people may not be as intense as they they were during the month. And there is a little bit of sadness that we may not see everybody, every, you know, sort of every day uh, on the dot like we've been doing so in the last month. You've been listening to Chaplain Ida Mansour. She's the director of field education at Hartford International University. And we will continue this conversation with her after a quick break. And please give us a call if you are celebrating Ramadan or if you want to let us know how special it is for you. Give us a call at 888-720-9677 or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is Where We Live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Catherine Shen. Stanford, Connecticut recently voted to observe Muslim holidays in schools. And back to dive deeper into this conversation is Chaplain Ida Mansour. She's the Director of Field Education at Hartford International University. Thanks so much for sticking with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And so we've talked about so much regards to this Muslim holiday with family mm-hmm. and community and, and friends. And we also talked about that this is very much tied to the lunar calendar. So when this holy month falls, it actually shifts 11 days each year. Can you mm-hmm. talk about, you know, if you're in a different hemisphere, which is not really something we think about all the time, <laughs> but in this case, what an important point to make. Um, how how or when is Ramadan observed then? Yeah, so it's it's it's... It's uh, observed during the month of Ramadan, but the times are different. So I remember when, so as you said, you know, the, the calendar shifts around 10 days um, each year. Um, in 2017, Ramadan was in June. And so for the Northern Hemisphere, that meant that it is, they were long days. Uh, and so, for instance, um, people in Nuke, Greenland, for instance, were fasting 21 hours out of 24. Um and then the people in like Punta Arenas in Chile uh, were just, you know, fasting 10 hours, which is less than half uh, of the time. So I remember during, you know, 2017 thinking it might be a good good idea to, to migrate to Chile uh, because the fasting time is, is much shorter. But then, you know, every, every um, year we go back 10 days. And so now we're in April. Um, in, uh, in 2024, we'll be in March. Okay. And then... In 2033, we'll be in December, where the days are very, very short in the Northern Hemisphere. So then the whole the tables are turned because the people in New Greenland have to, you know, will only have to fast six hours um, when in 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 um, in uh, 2033, and the people in uh, Chile will have to fast 19 hours. So it's kind of it changes, and so it makes up for 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 those things. So it 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 applies. It it's it's good and bad for both the northern and the southern hemisphere. So at the moment, we're like in the middle of that. So, you know, it's, it's not too bad. I originally come from Sri Lanka, which is uh, six degrees away from um, the equator. And because we're so close to the equator in Sri Lanka, there is no, um, you know, so there's no big change in the times, uh, whatever year we're fasting. Uh, but it, it certainly makes a huge difference the further you get away from the equator. 
Well, I'm going to be honest and say my brain is kind of being blown right now because with even with the awareness, but with you breaking it down like that, it really gives us a, a really good picture in terms of how it works. And yeah. I, I really love this. You know, it sounds like the start and the end of Ramadan are determined by actually laying eyes on the new or crescent yes. moon. Can you can you talk about that? I, I feel like there's something really beautiful about it. Right. So um, around the 23rd of March, there was a new moon. Um, and, and as you, as you know, when you look into the sky and you see, you know, each night you'll see the moon becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And then around the 6th of April, uh, right in the middle of our, our lunar month, the, that was a, there was a full moon. Um, and so when you see a full moon, that means we're right in, you know, bang in the middle of, of a, a lunar month. And then after that, the moon starts to get thinner and thinner. Uh, if you look at, you know, in tonight, uh, when you look up at the sky and you see that new crescent moon, that means it's the end of the lunar month and the beginning of the next lunar month. And so for us, it'll be the end of Ramadan and the beginning of Shawwal. Uh, and, uh, and, and the first of Shawwal is our big Eid celebration. Um, and so it's, it's, it's also, I mean, it, it keeps you connected in terms of creation and looking at the sky and, you know, all those kinds of things. So in that way, it's, it's really, a, a beautiful thing um, to 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 behold, I have to say. Yeah. And you know, we I have no idea that we would be so focused on calendars for this conversation, but it makes yeah. so much sense. But you know, the final day of Ramadan was expect, expected to be Saturday this year, but it's mm. now on Friday. It sounds like. So, what does this yeah. mean for how schools or company calendars have this written? In? Yes. So, um, so I work at Hartford International University for Religion and Peace, um, and we had originally thought it would be Saturday. Um, and then there was an announcement made in the mosque um, last Friday saying it would be on Friday. And so I approached Human Resources and I said, oh, you know, by the way, it's it's on Friday. And they were so gracious. Um, uh, and so I have Friday off and actually the whole of uh, HIU respects the, 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 the festival days and um, HIU is closed tomorrow because of the Eid festival. And can you also share with us the links to Eid al-Adha? This mm -hmm, normally sure. falls about two months after Eid al-Fitr. Yes. So Ramadan is the ninth month of the lunar calendar. Okay. The new year for us at the moment is uh, Muharram and it starts in um, July. Uh, but just before Muharram is the the twelfth month of the lunar calendar. I know this sounds sounds really a little complex, but it isn't. Um, so in about in about um, at about June twenty eighth ish is when the Eid, Eid al-Adha will be. And when I I say ish because of course it's it's kind of it depends on the on the sighting of the moon. Um, there's a, a special uh, fit council of North America that d determines when. Uh, the uh, the Eids and celebrations are for us in America, and I think I think that's a great um, uh, a, a great thing to rely on uh, is the Fiqh Council. So a lot of the mosques will look at what the Fiqh Council say, and when they make an announcement, they all rally together and say this is the day. So that's so that's a good thing. So in a in a, in a few months or so around the end of June um, is uh, Eid al-Adha, and Eid al-Adha is the festival of the sacrifice, and so. We remember the story of Abraham when he was told to sacrifice his son. Um, many uh, people will go to Mecca. Um, it's 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 uh, the month of pilgrimage. It's the Hijjah is the month of pilgrimage, and they will go through the rites of Abraham. Uh, people who aren't going, uh, so for instance, if, if we're just you know sort of here, we'll we'll celebrate it very similar to the way we celebrated Eid al-Fitr. Uh, but those who go uh, to Mecca. 
uh, go through these special rites. It's supposed to be, it's, it's, it's something that's done once in one's lifetime. Uh, we go in the footsteps of Abraham and Hagar, uh, Hajara. And it's just, a, I mean, I, I, I was privileged to go um, around 20 years ago, and it was such an incredible um, experience for me, a life-changing experience. So, you know, we sort of say goodbye to the the, the uh, pilgrims as they go, and then when, when they come back, we welcome them and and hear from them. But um, the the tenth of Dhul Hijjah is 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 the day of Eid al Adha. The tenth of Dhul Hijjah is when we celebrate. So that and because it's it's kind of in June at the moment, it may um, sort of be in at school time. Next year, it'll it'll move even further into the school year and the year after that it'll be it'll be at the beginning of june so it's moved these holidays are moving into the school year more um about you know sort of five ten years ago it was all in the summer and so a lot of schools weren't even aware that we were having these celebrations and so now that it's moving into the school year um people are much more aware and 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 it's great that you know students are speaking up and uh you know asking uh for understanding uh, when they celebrate these days and so with this idea that it's moving into the school year more mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. there's a process of figuring out how to get how to put it on the calendar or just how that works for for different school districts and in particular in Stanford you know the yeah. teachers are also concerned that snow days could perhaps be an issue so can you also talk about mm-hmm. you know how does the educator awareness help with with the understanding you know especially yeah. you know teachers who may not practice islam can still respect uh, what students are up to during this month Oh, for sure. So, I mean, in terms of Ramadan, I heard from a young man who was running track. And um, generally speaking, he said, you know, when they have like, uh, you know, days of, you know, where they run, they, they do like a two mile run and then a one mile run. And he spoke to his coach and he said he's he's fasting, which means he doesn't, he, he can't drink water. And the coach was very understanding and said, you know, if you like, Focus on one of the on on the one mile, you know, and and so he was able to excel because he, he number one he had the understanding of his coach, which really makes a huge difference to students. If they know that their their teachers support them, um, it just is is it's it just you know increases respect and understanding both ways. And I think it's very important to have that communication between the teacher and the student. Um, if 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 teachers know that their students are fasting. You know, I I know some some teachers who will who will say you know while while um you know other kids are having lunch you can come into you know I'm doing homeroom you can come in uh, to my room or you can use the library uh, while while that's happening there are lots of you know ways that you can show support um, of Muslim students who are fasting and it's amazing I mean I've seen it again and again um, in various uh, schools and also I mean in terms of um, having, you know, sometimes parents of little ones just, you know, sort of come in and, uh, you know, during the festival or a few days after the festival, they, they'll bring, um, you know, short eats and cakes and uh, they'll, you know, sort of de- decorate uh, a classroom. You know, all those things really, you know, will support uh, understanding. And uh, and I think those those things, I've, I've seen it from many, many parents and, and kids uh, in, in Connecticut. So I think that should really also be supported. We have, you know, the Muslim Coalition and HIU, we, we do outreach where we talk about uh, Ramadan and, you know, sort of holidays and clocks. And, and we, you know, sort of both organizations are very dedicated to sharing this information so that um, teachers are aware. And so, you know, if any time um, you know teachers would like to have some kind of um, 
uh, uh, presentation, you know, please let us know because we, we, we love to do that and we love to support you to support your students. So we've talked a little bit about the different gaps in understanding so mm-hmm. far. You know, can you talk about through your experience? You know, what are some other gaps that you, you've seen just from working with people or speaking with people? Um, so it's just, I mean, it's not, a lot of it is, there's a lot of misinformation. I mean, since 9-11, um, there's, you know, been a lot of misinformation. But there's also, because of that misinformation, there's also people who really want to know more about Islam and Muslims. And so... Um, that was one of the reasons why uh, we started, you know, the Muslim Coalition started a speakers bureau um, to correct the misinformation. And and so we're seeing a lot more understanding now um, and a lot more effort to uh, show sensitivity and respect. And I, I'm so I'm just so, you know, sort of uh, inspired by Dr. Lucero and and, and her work uh, with her students and and the fact that she's showing that she's listening to her students, I think is is just awesome. And I, I have to say again, I'm truly inspired by that. Well, and I think we are all very inspired here. And what a lovely way to have a conversation about this. And I, I've learned so much just by this short conversation. So I can't imagine if we're actually sitting down. And I do want to sort of close off this show by asking, what's a good way to say Happy Ramadan? Okay, so we're well, ending Ramadan. So we would say Ramadan Mubarak, but we're actually going to be having Eid um, tonight. So the day, the, the actual celebration, the Eid celebration starts at sundown tonight uh, and goes into Friday. And so um, the, the the greeting would be Eid Mubarak, which means have a, a blessed and, um, and excellent celebration. And I hope, you know, those who are listening who are Muslim, uh, Eid Mubarak to you all and uh, have a great day tomorrow. And I hope it's a truly blessed one. Well, and then you literally just took the words out of my mouth, too. I hope to uh, wish everyone an, an Eid Mubarak as well as to you and to all of our thank Muslim you. listeners. And thank you so much for taking the time uh, and just educating and, and celebrating this moment with us, Chaplain. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm Catherine Shen. Today's show is produced by Katie Pellico. Our technical producer is Kat Pastor. Download Where We Live anytime on your favorite podcast app. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you.